Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. to thank you for tuning in and spending time with us you're listening to pulling back the curtain podcast the most provocative and entertaining podcast in all this pandemic land we're hitting you with the dopest topics the rawest opinions come at you with straight up facts that's right no fake news here we're about to perform miracles ladies and gentlemen by giving sight to the blind i'm jewel st james i'm dead press i'm novak on today's pod, we'll be pulling back the curtain on all things COVID-19, including the effects that it has had on our everyday life and how we can proceed moving forward. Fellas, what's happening? Man, how's it going, guys? Uh, happy Friday that feels like a Monday. Uh, same here. Going pretty good. What about you? Yeah, just quarantine life, working from home and trying to uh, pretend that uh, life is normal, uh, but Definitely not easy right now. <laughs> oh. Hey, so what you guys what you guys doing while you're being quarantined right now? I mean, right now it's work as usual. I mean, I'm still working every day from home. E-learning suck. You know, I think it's a waste of time. But you know, that's a whole other conversation. Yes. Yeah, well, we're, yeah, we definitely gonna get into that because I'm I'm telling you, I, I feel really uh, really bad for the parents that are working from home and they have the the younger kids that they're having to homeschool right now. I mean, because a lot of times these parents are now seeing what uh, these teachers have to deal with, and they're probably starting to see that their kids aren't the little angels that they think that they are. <laughs> these kids are bad, man. But, man, let's uh, let's get to it, man. So uh, we were just talking earlier in the week how, you know, we were wondering what was going to happen with the, the stay-at-home order, and we see the JB went ahead and, uh, you know, extended everything through the end of May. So as we looked at the current data, guys, and I'm not sure if you guys took a look, but I looked at it earlier, and it looks like for Illinois, we today we had our record number of cases. So we had 2,724 new uh, cases. And when you look at that being, you know, our biggest, you know, increase to date, how are you guys, you know, 
feeling about when we may flatten this curve? Because we know that we're bending the curve a bit, but what do you guys think as far as predictions for, you know, how we're going to or when we will flatten the curve? I think I think you're still looking at, you know, middle of June, early July, because right now the problem is they're doing more tests. And the problem with tests, you're getting false positives. So with the testing, all you're doing is getting you know, the actual infected number up right now. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to see if it's bending right now, because if you're doing 10,000 tests today at this point, the numbers will be a little bit misleading. I mean, you're going to get a lot of infections. You're, you're going to get more deaths. But you also got to think about the people that are passing away where they're not even given the cause of death at this point. So it's, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> fake news in that situation in terms of what's going on out there. Yeah, no, man, I think it's... Yeah, uh kidding about that. Oh my bad, their prayers. I think you know it's it's like watching the, it's like watching the stock market for me. It's going up and down, and what we're doing, and and what I think it's see it's still fluctuating. It's going up and down. I mean, from 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 the middle of March to April seventh, like you know the first week of April, we was like under sixty deaths per every five days. Now from the middle of of uh, from the second week of April till now. Uh, we're over 60 and up to 120 deaths for every five days. So, like, it's it's not curving. And when when will it curve? Is yeah, that's the that's the million dollar million dollar question. Like like uh, Novak said, maybe June, July. Get, you know, we get a little warmer, get hot, the humidity. Uh, hopefully, that'll you know that'll do the trick. I'll, I'll uh, say I this right now. Right now, it's you know statewide. Right now, I know we get over. 33,000 cases, you know, 1,500 deaths. So, man, this thing got to, it got to curve soon. The one thing I was going to say too, these, uh, the stay at home uh, orders that we've had, I, I, can you imagine uh, what, how things would have been if we didn't, uh, especially here in Illinois, if we didn't jump on this sooner? I mean, the, the, the models that I saw is that we could have had 14X times the number of deaths, if not for these stay at home orders. Oh, wow. Right, right, right. That's a good point, too. Well, I totally agree. I mean, the stay-at-home order is definitely helping out, but people still got to do their part and, you know, wear the mask and put on gloves. You know, I, I like what some towns are starting to do around Chicagoland area. They're starting to, you know, make people wear the mask inside, you know, the, the places of business. They're also starting to um, just crack down on people trying to socialize in stores, which is a good thing because, Walmart's turned into a nightclub now, almost. People are going in there, hanging out, you know, talking, <laughs> <laughs> you know, buying chips, you know, crazy stuff. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's the day. That's a new spot, Walmart. Mm -hmm. there's, some, there's some real interesting stairs in there, man. People got a little bit hard up out there, man. It's different. Walmart is a special place right now. So you know what you so you bring up a point, uh, Novak, that I want to touch on a little bit. So you mentioned with the uh, the mask, right? So we we saw some, you know, order that may be coming down the pipes where it's going to be mandatory for people to wear masks when they you know go to grocery stores and things of that nature. How do you feel about that? Well, I think I think that's a necessary evil right now. But I think the big problem with the whole mask situation is that there's such a monopoly on them, and some people are making masks out of everything. You know, some people are wearing things that are not even masks. You know, they look like they're about to commit a felony or something. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's just, it's just I, I think it's a good a move in the right direction, but I think people got to take it serious. And then at the same time, you know, you can't come in with a cell phone stuck to the side of your mask talking if the cell phone carries bacteria. 
So you can't defeat the purpose of wearing a mask if you got to pull your mask instead of talking on your cell phone. So, I mean, there's a lot of little things that people are doing. There's a lot of behavioral things got to change before, you know, we get this down to control. How you feel, Jules? Uh, as far as the, the mask stuff, I think, like, like, like Novak said, to echo off what he said, it, it's, it helps. It's, it's, it's one thing that helps. I mean, the prevention tips they have for it, you know, you know, avoid uh, close contact with sick individual, you know, no-brainer. Frequently wash hands with soap and water, no-brainer. Not touching your eyes and nose and mouth with unwashed hands. You know, practicing good uh, respiratory hygiene. You know, all them things that we should be doing on a daily basis anyway. But I get it, you know, sometimes you're in a hurry, you use the bathroom, you're like, you know what, nah, forget I ain't wash my hands today, I'm all right. But no, we got to, we gotta, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, do things and watch our own selves, protect our own selves from getting sick. And the little things like that, you know, will will help. Uh, another thing also I was looking at, uh, you can check your, you know, checking temperature. And also uh, you can purchase these oximeters I've been reading about. Check your oxygen levels that's in your body. Now, once you're a normal healthy person, oxygen level is like 95% or something like that. If it declines, it will let you know and that will be a good indicator to, you know what, you know, let me check it out. Let me go to the doctor and get checked out. And hopefully I'm not coming down with the coronavirus or, or the flu or anything else because it affects your rep- respiratory system. That's actually, a, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, that's true. I've heard, I've heard about those devices. I think that's a really good point. I mean, a lot of people are um, using digital uh, thermometers right now. I don't know if you saw the one with the Bluetooth on it, so you connect it to your phone. Yep. So, so people are doing constant uh, temperature checks all day to see if there's a change in temperature. I mean, the weird thing about it is most people aren't going to show any symptoms of the coronavirus. I mean, most people are going to be dormant with the virus. So, I mean, right. it's, I think it's affecting the, you know, the older people in the communities, but I think the younger people are carrying it a lot easier. A lot of kids have it, for apparently, but kids are like the, you know, like the animals. They're not dying from it at this point. So, I, you know, right. I just, you got to be really careful with, you know, younger kids because younger kids can be carriers for it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's scary when, you, you know, you have this, this, this virus where some people don't even have any symptoms, you know. So that's something, well, you know, nothing, I think you ever dealt with anything like that, and that's something to take consideration and stuff. If, you, if you're a healthy individual, you also kind of like, you know what, let me, let me be aware of where I'm going. Maybe not going to a person that's having health issues or an early person or anything like that. Let me check. Let me do my own test on myself first, even though I don't have any symptoms. I know it's going to be kind of hard to do, but if you want to, you know, visit your loved ones or whatever, I think it's necessary. Well, I don't know, man. That's kind of a, that's kind of a, a tough, uh, you know, thing to look at here. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, they're preaching to us about, you know, practicing the social distancing, meaning, you know, you might not be able to, you know, actually go see your loved one. Like, for instance, with my mother, she recently had to have a second COVID test just because she had exposure to my grandmother who did pass away from COVID. And the thing about it is I haven't really seen my mom. I've talked to her on the phone. I've done some Zoom calls with her, but she's self-quarantined, you know. So the thing about it is, is that we have to just make sure that we're all doing our part to, you know, be safe out here. And, you know, we're going to have to make sacrifices, you know, to make sure that, you know, we're protecting our loved ones and also protecting ourselves. And then, Novak, you brought up a point about the mask, you know, earlier in this discussion. 
one of the things I want to kick over to you guys both to talk about is let's just be honest here. There is a disparity between people that are going to have access to masks and then those people out here that don't have access to masks. So if we're going to have a mandate come down the pipes, you know, and we're going to make this mandatory, then what are we going to be doing as a city and as a state to make sure that all citizens have access to masks? Because right now, when I go out, I see a lot of people that don't have them. I see people that are using all kinds of makeshift things to, you know, pose as a mask, like you mentioned earlier, you know that. I think I think what the big thing is it's more of a responsibility of society right now. You know, fellow fellow Chicagoans in our situation to start looking out for other people that can't afford these masks. To start, you know, maybe helping out if you got extra masks, give somebody's one. I did that the other day in the parking lot. I saw somebody didn't have one, and I'm like, you know, take one of mine because you know I had three in the car. So it's not, you know, it's more of a situation looking out for other people. I think it's more of a social responsibility for people to take care of other people in this situation because. If you don't take care of them, they can affect, you know, your wife, your loved one, you know, your your, your brother, your sister, or somebody else. So you got to look at it as, I mean, I think it's a responsibility for the city of Chicago as well, just, you know, to make sure that masks are being passed out in areas where they're most needed. I mean, you know, in the African-American community right now, the big thing is there's a, there's a shortage of masks right now. There are people that don't have them. Uh, most other neighborhoods like that, you know, there's no masks because they're, they're hard to get. In other neighborhoods, you know, people are buying them from eBay and Amazon. They're paying, you know, top dollar for them, 80% markup. And not everybody's going to go out there and pay $80 for a mask or $20 for a special mask or special filters. But I think we can do our part to help people out. I think, uh, for the mask situation, I think, uh, uh, I say the city, the city, state, you know, has to supply. Me personally, I think they should supply everybody with masks. And, and then people need to come to where I'm at because you got cats on the corner selling masks now. I don't know where they get them from, but they selling masks, ten for ten dollars. Yeah, you know what? I, I've seen that, man. I was uh, I was at a grocery store and they were selling twenty for twenty. I'm like, where are they getting all these masks from? <laughs> right, where these masks come from? Because then they say it, it wasn't the, the city talking about or or the country talking about it was shortage of masks. Well, a lot of these businesses that tried to reopen were giving out their masks to people. Like, you know, uh, the big ones, the movie theaters thought they were going to try to open up, you know, I guess, you know, at the end of this month, so they're not going to open up. So I heard that they were giving away boxes of masks and people were selling them back on the street. Like I know over in, uh, over in Austin area, they're selling them. I mean, masks are 10 for 10, 20 for 20. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, uh, right? yeah. I mean, they even they're even taking Crown Royal bags and turning them into masks at this point. I've, I've seen I've seen right. more bags, man, with with the yellow strings from the Crown Royal um, logo. I mean, it's nuts. Right. It didn't. It don't have to be the N95 masks. Like Novak was saying, people are using bandanas. They're using scarves. They're using t-shirts. They're using diapers. They're using everything. You I saw a pair of panties the other day. Yeah, <laughs> I saw a pair. I saw a pair of drawers the other day. I was like, "Wow, silk panties." He's on drawers. Yeah, they had on silk drawers in Walmart, looking like looking like Sub Zero, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh. sure that, per, that that person was on some other stuff, man. Yeah, it probably was, man. I was in Rhode Island, Walmart. You know what yeah, I mean? That that wasn't Corona related. That's just a nasty person, man. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else yeah, out there went broke. <laughs> but you, yeah, you can use anything. Just have a mask. Hey, just the whole the whole point is just have a mask on, and and that and also uh you know 
uh, uh, glasses too, if you you know if you want to extra protect yourself. Yeah, yep. people are starting to do that. People, start, I saw a guy with goggles on the other day. That's how deep it is. I mean, I use my Nike running mask, you know, because you know, I use that with the filters on the front. Uh, I right. use sometimes I use the N95. I don't like the N95 because it's hot, you know, for some apparent reason. You got this mask on where, you know, it's uncomfortable. You know, uh, it's very uncomfortable for small kids. You know, I still haven't figured out the one you know used for my daughter at this point. It, it's crazy because they refuse to wear them. But you know, I end up having to leave her at home a lot. I go out and I go out to take care of things. Yeah, it's probably that's probably for the best, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you brought up earlier, Novak, uh, that you know our African American community is, you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, you know disparity in between in the in the way of mask and. We're also seeing some of the spikes in numbers there. Where are you guys seeing the, the biggest spikes and the biggest hotspots for this uh, virus? I said it's west side, south side right now because the big issue, you also got to think that, you know, due to the fact that most of our neighborhoods are food deserts and you're also talking about the quality of food around you, you're also talking about health issues, pre-existing health uh, conditions, you know, um, you're seeing a lot of spikes, you're seeing a lot of death uh, right now because one, yeah, I mean, you live a healthy lifestyle, a lot of these viruses are easy to fight off, opposed to like, you know, if you live in certain neighborhoods, I mean, it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I think the uh, another thing with, uh, as far as hotspots, these, these senior citizen um, homes, they're getting it the worst, you know, because they're all in there together, you know. And um, also your your shelters, shelters are getting it, and um, you know, places where you get big, big uh, quantity of people that stay in under one one building. You know, well, yeah, that's that's interesting that you bring up the uh, the, the nursing facilities because I'm not sure if you guys are following the news, but that Symphony uh, Healthcare System, they've been hit hard with that. They there's uh, their center out in Juliet, um, where my grandmother was staying. She obviously uh, you know succumbed to the COVID virus, but they've had 27 people to date that have passed. And they also have a, a wow. center on in South Shore that has been hit. Thirty percent of their, uh, you know, their their residents have also tested positive. So that community is really being hit hard. Yeah, it's wow. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, sorry to wow. that. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, the senior community community is getting hit hard because it's hard to do social distancing in a. Um, you know, in one of those centers, like, you know, Symphony, because everybody's touching everybody. You think about outside workers are coming in. They're bringing in things from the outside into that community. So it's almost like uh, you try to avoid it. You know, the workers, in those, the workers in those facilities have to have top-notch equipment in order to keep everybody safe. But then you, uh, you go into the, the penitentiary system, the jail system, which um, there is no social distancing in jail unless you're in the hole, you know, in that situation. You're in right. a hole, you're in solitary confinement. Right. You know, you're on lockdown. I, I think uh I think I think now is the time ever. If you're up in the pen, you need to crack a crack an inmate or or I wouldn't say a CO or something and get yourself thrown in a hole so you'd be all right. Yeah, at least in this in this situation, it, it hasn't um it hasn't worked well for our boy Kells though. He's tried uh, unsuccessfully to get early release uh, due to the COVID spread in Cook County. But oh, Kells, <laughs> he's trying, trying to get loose, huh? Mm-hmm. He tried. No, they learned from OJ. Think, uh, 
He, he said he wasn't no back. So they, they learned from OJ, he ain't getting out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think his his bail was, the, uh, you know, got denied twice. You know, the judge, you know, he tried to request a release from prison on bail because of the corona uh, pandemic. And, you know, for right now, he's being held on charges on sex trafficking, racketeering, and child pornography. Yeah, good mm-hmm. luck, buddy. But he filed the emotion to be released, claiming that, you know, the threat, the threat of contracting the virus has grown in the, in, the, in the jails. So the, you know, district judge, you know, and Donnelly stated to the, you know, the prosecutors saying that uh, uh, Kelly was, uh, was, uh, was accused of uh, witness tampering during the child pornography case. And that, that right there uh, would be too risky for let him out, according to, to the prosecutor. So Kelly went back to saying, hey, he even wear a monitor bracelet and stuff like that. He ain't going nowhere but the home and to his house. But, you know, I think it's, you know, it's just a, you know, a tactic to use right now because this COVID thing is real hot and it's real. And, you know, you know, you're trying to get up there. He ain't try, he don't want to stay up in there. But unfortunately, these are some pretty stiff charges he's being accused yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, Kels, you're going you, you gonna to be in there for a while, brother. You're going to be in there for a yeah, while. Yeah, you might as well give it up. Yeah, they give it up, man. Make yourself at home. Right. Don't worry about it. if you get it. There's there's ibuprofen or something you can take. But you know, I'm you know, I'm really sad we can't get an R. Kelly versus Teddy Riley or something like that. You know, I was hoping <laughs> to get released so we can get like one of those R. Kelly verse situations. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing them go against another producer at this point. You know, it'd be entertaining. You know, I, the comments you probably read during the then the battle would probably be hilarious at this point. But uh. You read about you read about that, Jules. I mean, he he definitely ain't getting out. I mean, the whip the witness tampering is going on. The fact that he will probably you know fly the coop at this point. He'll try to get out the country, even though flights are being canceled everywhere. I think he'll try to run. You know, um, at this point, I mean, because one, you got you're talking three different states are trying to prosecute him at the same time. They're holding they're holding him in contempt in three different courts, plus the federal level. I mean, at Man, this point. Up this point, you know, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> you beg for forgiveness and you say how much. I mean, that's pretty much what's going to happen in this situation. <laughs> you know, and, th- and then also, you know, you got, you know, a lot of people want to get out, but, you know, guess what? You're not. You're in there for a reason. You did something. You got to stay in there. I mean, even though, I mean, it's not hitting just the inmates. The officers are getting here, too. Two correctional officers died from it uh, as well, you know. 191 officers in county had tested positive. 34 other employees of the sheriff's office tested positive and stuff. Uh, 79 employees were previously tested, but now they're they're well and back to work. I mean, that's and that's on the correction side. Also, detainees you had about 215 that was tested for the COVID. Right now, you have about uh, I want to say it was like six that had passed away from COVID-19. Uh, in uh, inmates, yeah, that, so, that that sounds about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's about six. But you know, the good thing about it is, you know, 183 detainees was had cases, but they, they're no longer positive, and but they're being monitored and stuff like that. So there, there's, there's, you know, if you get sick, you you go to the hospital, you get treatment and stuff like that, and you know, people, you know, doctors will check you for observations and treatments and stuff like that. So it's not like they you catching. The coronavirus, and they throw you in a black hole somewhere and tell you to die or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, well, there's, so it, there's treatment. So, well, the, 
and, and that, that brings me to something I wanted to kind of chime in with here. You know, so as we look uh, ahead here and we discuss some of these stay-at-home orders that are going on in various states, um, JB extended ours to May 31st. Do you guys uh, see this potentially um, going on to past May? Or what are your thoughts there? I think it's going to happen beyond May. I think right now we're being delusional about this situation. It's much, it's much worse than what we thought it was. Because right now the problem is that, you know, some people are keeping this thing from 14 to 28 days. So you can go 14 days without any signs of coronavirus. And then like the 15th through 20th day, then you develop these different signs and symptoms. So I think it's really hard to like try to quarantine like that, you know, in this regard, because it can flare up when it wants to, or you can affect other people and start a whole new 14 to 28 day, 28 day cycle at this point. So I think right now I'm hoping for warmer weather, but I'm hoping that, you know, we get become more resistant to it. I mean, human body is good for, you know, basically adapting to these situations. I uh, would say more what I think is necessary for now. I know eventually they will have to open up the country eventually. But I think it's, it's, it's a smart move. It's a smart play by uh, the governor and the mayor to, to extend it one more month to see, or June for a little, little over a month to see where we at. Uh, one thing we want to do is risk another, you know, Spanish flu. We had talked about that in, in the first, first episode. Uh, Cause that not only they had, you know, a lot of cases of uh, people sick and, and dying, uh, but it came back later on, later on that year. So right now, since this is new, people, you know, the problems may be wants to play this kind of close to the chest and see how we're doing. Any more cases of uh, coronavirus cases, any more deaths happening, where we at, is it going to curve, is it it's going to spike, you know, and one more month will, I think, will we'll, we'll, we'll be, be a good, good start, go from there. Um, yeah, and you know, one thing too that I, I think about, so, you know, I, I hear a lot of people, you know, that have their opinions of the, the, the performance of the governor. But one thing that I do agree with him on, and I actually like that he's shown leadership on, is just the fact that he's showing that he's making these uh, choices and decisions based on science, right? So he's looking at the data, and the data's just showing him that, hey, you know what? I need to do this because we don't want any further, you know, rapid you know, transmission of this, uh, this, this virus. And so for me, I look at the protests that are going on right now in, in Illinois and all these various states. And it's just, it's really, uh, it's sickening and it's actually sad when you see that kind of stuff going on right now. Yeah. Ain't it shocking? People are protesting. <laughs> it is something. It's something. Isn't it shocking? I mean, I mean the, 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 you know, they protest out of Michigan and Ohio, Kentucky, Minnesota, North Carolina, Utah. You know, I don't like it either. Prayers, I don't, I don't like it either, I'll tell you the truth, because I know you have, you know, everybody know, yeah, you have the right to do it. That's your that's your right. Okay. But to me, voicing their opinions on the uh and their their opposition to the state capital stay at home order, uh, you know, the slow the whole reason is to slow the spread of the virus. Right. Even though people are, you know, people are dying. Uh, people, many people have to make uh, sacrifices. Not just, you know, a few. A lot, a lot of us have to make our own sacrifices. All of us. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Place to go. 
I th I think these people here that's protesting, I, me personally, I, I don't think they had loved ones that ever been sick or died over this virus because, you know, it's serious, it's real. How can you go and protest? You want the, 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 the state, the world to open up, but you got people still getting sick and dying. I mean, me too, I don't think you have a heart. I think you're selfish, but that's my spiel. Oh, that's very selfish. I mean, what the problem is, that's blue-collar America. That's blue-collar farmland America that's suffering right now at this point. You know, it's a situation where these are people that work in restaurants. They, you know, they own bars. They, uh, you know, they have farm systems. You know, they're in the middle of nowhere. And so the big thing with them is they don't really care. You know, they're like, you know, people, right. like, the attitude, you know, I got a couple of friends that live in rural areas. Their attitude is people are going to die, but I got to make money. So their attitude right. is more of a, a whole economic thing opposed to a health thing. And that's how this thing is going to live a lot longer is because ignorance at this point. You know, they don't care about that. They want money at this point. I mean, to them, it's all about how much more can you make? What can we do in this situation? I mean, it's really sad, but, you know, capitalism basically pretty much rearing his ugly head at this point. Right. And people are willing to sacrifice people to make a dollar. You know, and it, it's really sad. And the, and the one thing that I, you know, have been saying to a lot of people is these people are doing these protests because of the president's tweets telling them to liberate themselves. Now, what kind of leader would do that? I mean, we, we already have him giving us information, telling people to disinfect themselves with bleach and whatever <laughs> the hell else. And now he's really sitting up here trying to tell these people, go ahead and liberate yourself. So he's inviting these people to go to their Capitol buildings arming themselves and protesting. But these are, the, these are the same people that think Corona, the drink, gets them coronavirus. I was watching a video, <laughs> I was, I was, I was video about that on YouTube where this lady said, these people in this country brought Corona in this country and then we're all dying. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? But, but you know, the one thing with Trump is, the, the most powerful thing about him in this situation, he can rally a bunch of whatever, any, any type of people just to go off at this point. So, I mean, like, you know, people follow him. I mean, you think of like the disenfranchised, you know, my majority of this country <laughs> pretty much follows every tweet. And he's very powerful in terms of what he can control. I mean, that's what makes him scary because they follow him anywhere you want to go. I mean, you know, this election year is coming up and that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I think that yep. yeah. they gotta yeah, figure right. it out. Hey, I think you know personally. I think he he need to take an unbiased approach with this about this COVID nineteen. You know, like Novak said, he's the president of the United States. Many people are going to side with him and follow him because he's the president of the United States. And a lot of people think like you know, some people think like he thinks. Wow. So, but. For him having that that powerful position, he had to make the smart-minded decisions. He got to make good decisions because he can't talk out the side of his ass because people <laughs> gonna take that the wrong way. And then do, and, and what we have when we having people protesting about staying about staying home. We don't want to stay at home. We want a revolution. We want to go out here and, and, and get the get the world back while people still dying. It you know. But you know, yep. you need to make you need to make <laughs> smart decisions. <laughs> you got to make smart decisions. You got to be smart, and 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 you got to give the straight up facts. Now, 
the world right like right now the world need comforting right now they need togetherness they need motivation he can say go outside he can't say well go outside and take the fight up with your government but then doctors are telling you you know what you need to you need masks you need to stay you need to practice social distancing okay now we bump hands all the way at the top so if yep. you guys didn't get if you guys didn't get your crap together how you expect the people behind underneath gonna get their crap together it Thank don't you. make sense we need to be all in one accord it don't make sense we need a leader up in there and so we, and we and we definitely don't have one in there no we don't so he needs to make better decisions first get with his advisors that's what he got advisors for he got the doctor who, who, who what's that doctor name Fauci. Who, who cares? Yeah, who cares? But he got that doctor. <laughs> he got that doctor. He got advisors. Go in there. Listen, if you're going to open up the, the country, open it up. But have, have stipulations. Wear masks or whatever the case may be. If you're not going to open it up, cool. We'll keep doing what we're doing. But one thing we can't have is this 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 this, this separation on, on doctors and what the president think and this and that. And then people don't wouldn't know what to follow because we ain't got no we ain't got the right leadership that's leading us. And the one thing I was going to say, too, and, and this is something that I've told a couple people that have complained about, you know, the stay-at-home orders. I said, look, if you're able to dislike and protest a stay-at-home order, you know what that means? You're alive. So shut the fuck up, mm -hmm. right? So it's like basically, <laughs> like, what are we talking about here, right? People are dying. The only people, in my opinion, that I think should be protesting any of this are the nurses and the healthcare professionals and the first responders that are basically risking their lives every day to try to save people's lives. Those are the only people, in my opinion, that should be protesting anything. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, anybody downstate, wherever the hell, just stay at home. Like, stay at home. Right. Right. It's, it's simple. Now, it's going to get, the people need to relax. It's going to get reopened. It's going to get reopened. But, you know, for right now, just, just, just do what, do what you know, whatever, whoever's saying, stay at home. It ain't the president, so I don't know who we're telling you. I guess the doctor, to, you know. Yeah, it's it's gonna reopen. I mean, right now you're right about that. I mean, the, the ignorance of the situation in places like Florida, you know, the South, basically in general, you know, they dance the beat of a different drummer. They feel they feel that they're immune to it. You know, they've been watching bad National Geographic right now. They think that. <laughs> Because it's hotter down there, you know. One of the rumors, one of the rumors I'm hearing a lot up here is that due to the weather is hotter down there, they think they got a better chance of survival, and they're willing to open up their state, their state space because it's going to get warmer, and they think the virus is going to die in the heat. But like what you know, Jules mentioned, this thing can come back in the in the winter time, like the Spanish influenza. You know, it could come right back, because I think that's what is going to happen at this point. I think it's going to go dormant for a while and resurface. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. But I mean, yeah. just 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 yesterday on the Washington Post, the CDC director clarified its concerns over this second wave of uh, coronavirus. You know what I'm saying? Robert uh Robert Redford stated, you know, what I'm saying the director said the second wave of coronavirus is likely to be even more devastating. And where we, where we where was this where we learned this from? We had this already with that Spanish flu. Yep, it's the same thing. But you know, there's 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 hope. You know, the uh, uh, there's optimism from the White House. You know, Deborah Briggs, the White House, uh, uh, the uh, Coronavirus Task Force, she stated they don't know if the virus will reemerge, but if so, we'll be ready to detect detect it earlier this time. So there's hope. There's hope and stuff because the uh, uh, medicines have been evolved and stuff like that to 
where we have better equipment and drugs and prescriptions and doctors and stuff. So, so, and then we have Jesus, so we're all good. <laughs> well, he need, man, I'm, I'm waiting for him, man. He needs to, he needs to come on over here and help him out. Um, <laughs> is that black Jesus or is that, uh, or is that Catholic Jesus? Which one is Oh, that? man. That's touchdown, Jesus. Be, that's touchdown Jesus that I be talking to. Okay. <laughs> he did pretty good in the draft. Yeah, he did. Yeah, we're going to have to get on that on the next, uh, on the next part we're going to do when we recap the draft. Um, the one thing, too, I wanted to just kind of say real quick on this is, and I agree with both you guys, I mean, we all want to return back to our normal lives, right? So we all, all want the same things, but we have to do this in a manner where we're not jeopardizing lives for the, you know, the greater good, right? And let's be honest, all these people really that want to get back out here, I mean, they're just anxious to go back outside and sit on their phones, not really do anything. So I don't really understand why everybody's, you know, having a big deal about it. I, I remember going out uh, the bars and restaurants and you see people, they're not really chopping it up with each other. They're too busy on their phones seeing what's going on on Instagram and Twitter. So the way I see it is these people just need to relax, enjoy the time, you know, focus on new uh, talent and crafts and, and just <laughs> use this time to, you know, to be better, <laughs> get better. And I don't know, mm -hmm. but the complaining and the protest and that, that ain't it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, so you guys were talking about the reopening of businesses. So we've seen what, what they're trying to do down in Georgia. Do you guys think that these states are, are attempting to reopen these states too soon? I think so. I think Georgia jumped the gun. I mean, the governor basically pretty much has all the local mayors pissed off at him at this point because they know they're, you know, they know their constituents. They know the people in those areas are not going to wear masks. You know, they're not going to take care of things the right way. Uh, I think it's too early. I mean, I think right now this is a cash grab in this situation. This is more of a, hey, we want to make money. Hey, my investments are tanking. I need this economy to start pumping again. And I think the issue right now is that, you know, we can't worry about the monetary issues at this point. You got to worry about saving people's lives at this point because money is what it is. I mean, I think we got to do a lot better, you know, the human side of things. I mean, the economy will roar back when it does open up. They're going to make that money back regardless. People are so starved to go out and eat and drink and everything else. Once they open up, it's going to, the floodgates are going to flow at this point. Yeah, so so Governor Kemp, he announced that it's going to be phases, right? Georgia's business is going to be open, as a matter of fact, on the 24th. Yep. So he's talking about gyms, fitness centers, bowling alleys, body art, stu body art studios, okay? Barbers, cosmetologists, Hair design, nail clubs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Man, okay. it must—it must be nice to be in Georgia, man. I need a line in bad, bro. Oh, dude, yeah, I haven't—I've haven't had hair cutting about a month and a half, but I ain't complaining. I don't care. I'll just pick it and, and go. I—I <laughs> <laughs> just—I just been wearing a baseball cap, so yeah, I hear you. Yeah, there you go, a hoodie or something. And then on Monday he opened up on on Friday, uh, the twenty fourth, Friday, and then on Monday he's gonna open up a little more. Hey, you know what? We all need it. We all need a guinea pig. So a test subject. So we'll see how it. We'll see how it goes. I don't know what to say. Like like Novak said, maybe jumping the gun, and starting uh, you know reopened up too too soon. Now for for Georgia, they estimate about nineteen thousand confirmed cases out of there of the COVID over seven hundred or over seven hundred deaths. So we'll see. We'll we'll check it out. We'll we'll be looking at the numbers by next month. Uh, 
if it goes up, down, hey, it's all on the governor's uh, shoulders now. Well, you know, it's funny, right? So the governor came out and, you know, said that he was going to get all those various businesses back up and going. But the mayor of Atlanta, she basically told the, the citizens to, to stay at home. And she said that his decision to reopen was very perplexing and disappointing. And then even Trump, Trump turned his back on the Kemp, told him, yeah, he was making a mistake and that, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was poor timing for him to do so. You know, but the day before that, he praised the guy for saying he was doing a great job. So, you know how that goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in the yeah. See, A, Trump was in his feelings. And then somebody <laughs> came back and corrected him. <laughs> and, then, and then, right, the, the, uh, the governor, may, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, mayor for uh, Georgia, yeah, she was right. She didn't feel that he should, you know, open it up. But, hey, he the governor. This is, this is what he want to do. Okay. But if it's if these numbers, if people, more cases escalated, deaths escalated, hey, it's on him. It's on him. It's on his shoulders. That's true. I mean, you know, you think you think about it. I mean, Trump got scared because the court of uh, the court of public opinion pretty much came down on him. So what he did, he had to renege in the middle of the night, and then make it seem <laughs> like you know, make it seem like you know, oh, I disagree with him. I mean, he just basically you know left his own party member out there on the ledge. There'll be consequences for that later on. I think what's going to happen to him, basically, he's going to self-implode because as he goes against the Republican belief they need to reopen the whole country, you know, it's going to create a lot more issues in his, in his presidency that's coming up later in the year. I mean, he's going to have issues. I mean, he's going to he gonna have to clean up a lot in order, both sides of the, of the House, in order to try to get reelected at this point, if it happens. But, uh, that's a yeah. big, that's That's a big if. That's a big if, but... You know, there's a lot of crazy people out there, um, you know, in that situation. A lot, there's a lot of people out there believe in what he believes in, I mean, at this point, because, you know, the country's divided. I mean, the country is not, nowhere near what it needs to be as a whole right now. Yeah, you're not, you're not kidding about that at all, man. So, Jules had brought up... Oh, I'm sorry. No, you, no you're good, man. I, I, let, I just wanted to just... Uh, something that you had said, I wanted to just uh, touch on real quick. So you mentioned with uh, Georgia and the order that, uh, that, that, that that governor has granted where he's allowing access back to salons and gyms and, you know, barbershops and things of that nature. Joe, what do you think that would be appropriate for a business like that to actually reopen? Obviously, I don't think that that time is now, but what do you think, what do you think something like that should be reopened? Okay. You know, so if you want, my whole, my whole thing is, if you're going to reopen these businesses, okay, fine. There got to be stipulation. There got to be some some rules set. Uh, maybe we're not open it fully. Maybe there's a there should be a capacity where you can't. You know, I I know we do it here where a certain amount of people can co- enter a business at a time. Maybe you can still go with that, but you can you can let in a little more. And also, uh, I think. You still need to be protected. Me personally, if you're gonna do that, then you should you should have everybody wear a mask. If you're gonna open up these businesses, you should have everybody wear a mask and be be covered up. Uh, because still, the, the the coronavirus is still out here. It didn't go away yet, and we still don't have the the cure yet. So we still gotta we still gotta make smart sound you know smart sound decisions and protect ourselves in that way. So if you want to go out, you want these businesses open. You have to wear a mask, and that should be law. You have to wear masks out in the streets, uh, or you wear wear glasses or stuff like that. If you're sick, 
you shouldn't go out anyway. I don't know why people are sick and they like want to go out and get everybody sick. I think they're miserable just when, when everybody else gets sick and stuff. I don't know. So if you're gonna open these business, I think you should uh I think you should wear masks. I think you should wear masks. I think you should of course have glove or sanitizer or this nature and stuff like that. So that's how I feel. No, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, they should definitely wear masks. They should definitely wear gloves. If you're sick, stay at home. I know there's a lot of people out in places coughing and sneezing and stuff like that. I mean, I think it's I think it's selfish to come out like that. I think you should try to order something. You should try to call somebody to, to leave you a care package on your doorstep. You shouldn't come out and share the corona. <laughs> some people, some right. people are doing yeah, it. Yeah, they want to go out and share it. Yeah, share it. I mean, it's selfish. I mean, there's even a video online of a guy going around drinking juice and pretty much putting it back on the shelf. He's opening it up, taking a drink in Walmart, and putting it back on the shelf, and he's sick. And he's yeah, doing it on purpose. Yeah, I, I saw that, man. I swear, man. I, I, I hope that he, like, tripped uh, in the parking lot walking back to his car. People like that, man. I swear to God. Yeah, I hope he get diarrhea and die. You're pretty much at this point. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know what? A, a guy like that, I, I wish him a lifetime of paper cuts, bro. <laughs> Across oh, his man, that's nice. That's nice. I like that. Thou, die by a thousand cuts. Oh, man. That's brutal, man. That's some Wu-Tang like stuff right there. I cut you and I cut you. <laughs> yeah. Man. So, so how do you, so when we get clear of this, you know, cause you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, we'll, we'll get to the other side of this. Do you guys feel um, just from your standpoint that, you know, your behaviors and your habits are going to change after this pandemic? They got to change. They got to change as this pandemic. I mean, we should have been washing our hands and washing our asses more before this pandemic. That's the big problem. <laughs> I mean, right now, you think about it. I mean, you know, like, you know, the joke in my house is, you know, all the butt tissue is gone. I'm like, yeah, you should have been using this tissue before the pandemic in this situation. It's amazing now to see soap, toilet tissues disappearing, people are using Lysol, you know, and stuff like that. You got to change the habits. I mean, you know, like you said, another podcast episode we mentioned, people not washing their hands in bathrooms, touching doorknobs, just nasty. Mm-hmm. I mean, this stuff had mm-hmm. to change. You have to change. Mm-hmm. No, you, you're right. It, it's, it's no going back to using the bathroom and leaving, not washing my hands. <laughs> no. <that's, laughs> it ain't safe no more. It ain't safe no more, man. No, you got to. No, you nope, got to. Nope, no no more gotta, itchy ass. No. No, you got to take showers. You got to take showers. You got you to gotta, you gotta wash your hands. You have to wash your hands. And you have to wash your hands and, and, and your booty and all that. You know, disinfect, wipe down stuff. Stuff that stuff that we're supposed to be doing. Stuff that we're supposed to be doing anyway. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. And people, the people who don't, don't wash their hands and wash their ass, I blame this on you. Because you should have been doing it in the first place. Stop not being raw animals. Going out. Right. Man. But no, no, for me, man, back to the question, man. For me, no, you can't go back. You you all, I I, I always, I ain't never used this uh, sanitizer so much like I do now. The, uh, uh, what you call it, the hand sanitizer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so always using hand sanitizer. I got hand sanitizer in my coat, my hand sanitizer in my car, at work and stuff. Say hand sanitizer everywhere. You know, you go past uh, sometimes like hospitals and stuff. They have it hanging up, and you your jobs and stuff with the dispensaries and stuff. And man, so yeah, no, no, it's I'm sanitizing. I think as soon as I can find some Lysol, I'm gonna buy that too and stuff. You've been 
You've been looking, man, for weeks for that for that uh, white saw. I got you. <laughs> oh man, appreciate you, man. you Novak. Uh, yeah, Novak got please, the hookup. Hey, please don't charge me. Please don't charge me like quadruple, quadruple uh, prices, like 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 a thousand bucks a can, like people doing on these uh, eBay's and stuff. Oh, that's terrible, man. I mean, white saws like like crack right now. <laughs> oh man. I mean, you 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 could buy you could buy cannabis cheaper than you could buy white saw right now. <laughs> You know what, Novak is probably about the same price here in Illinois. No, mm. you're right about that, but I ain't smoked weed in days, man. They done ran out of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think oh, about it. When's the last time you smelled weed coming from a car? It ain't happened since Corona got here. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just smell Lysol. Can't smoke with the mask on. <laughs> <laughs> man, you see, you see smoke coming from people's cars and houses. I'm like, man, what's going on in there? They have, man, they 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 cheaping out of there. And I was like, wait a minute, it's Lysol. Man, they, these people ain't playing. <laughs> they are not playing around at all. You, you know what, guys? It, it's kind of funny. So I was uh, watching on the news yesterday. They were talking uh, that that mayor from Vegas. Uh, she was doing an interview, and she's trying to get the strip down there in Vegas to reopen. And I'm like, of all places, you don't want that strip to open back up. You know, mm-hmm. and she's talking about she was offering up Vegas to be a placebo for for us to be able to see how the coronavirus would spread and so forth. That that's how thirsty these places are to kind of get business going back. It's it's crazy. So you you kill all the hookers, right? You kill all the hookers. You kill all the casino workers, and then and then pretty much at that point, and the tourists take it back home with them. So I mean, Vegas could kill the whole country. Yep, in our heart. Hold on, man. Let me let me hold on. Say that again. Let me let me make sure I heard this right. You said she want to open up the strip. She won't. She want to invite the coronavirus down to the strip. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, all right. Okay. All right. I heard right there. Well, you know what happens. I ain't got what happens in Vegas. I ain't got nothing to say. But see, in this, but this will be the time where what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's not true because. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're right about that one, man. Forget that. Man. She want to fight the Cronus, boy. She, hey, that's a, that's a bad woman now. Man, oh, man. That's crazy. I, I, I can't even get over that one. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. What's kind of tripped out when you, when you think about all this stuff is you notice that it's never a hospital worker, never a doctor, never anybody out in the healthcare profession that's basically encouraging people to go back to work. It's usually a millionaire or a billionaire. Isn't that something? Or a gas station, or yeah. somebody owns a gas station at this point. Yep. I heard the gas station guy that did the shell I stopped at. He said, I need these people to keep driving. I need drivers on the road right now. I'm like, you're a selfish. You don't make any money on gas anyway. You make it on the candy bars. So shut up. <laughs> yeah, they make it on the candy bars and, and loose squares and stuff. So. <laughs> and, and the sex drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get, you, get that, you get that blue wang pill. <laughs> Damn. Ain't nobody buying condoms right now. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> no Ramses. <laughs> right. Y'all oh, man. But no, so man, it, it's it's you know, this this subject of this 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 COVID, man, it just it has so many different levels to it, right? So we we've delved into the numbers a little bit. We've talked about the stay-at-home orders. We've even talked about the reopening of businesses. But the one thing we haven't talked about is uh, the effects that this uh, COVID has had on the school system. Um, 
So do you guys think that uh, e-learning is a successful uh, approach for uh, young scholars? No. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no because I got I got a young scholar at home right now. I got a seven year old, and I'm watching that struggle every day because when you work from home and you try to get a seven year old up to actually focus and engage and stare into a computer screen, it's hell on earth pretty much at this point because mm. most you know I feel like the corona is going. I need a vacation. You know, if this thing leaves, I want to oh, leave. Wow. I want to go with it, oh. but you know, <laughs> you said you need a, corona, a coronavirus vacation. Yeah. You do. I mean, because you know, I feel like at work, at least I had peace of mind. You know, you go to work, you ain't got to deal with what these teachers are dealing with every day. I take, I salute them because when you got a kid at home, you understand what those eight hours are like. That not having for eight hours in school is a bit, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> but, but you know, when they're at home with you every day and they eat all day and they barely do their homework. And the e-learning exercises are stupid. You know, excuse, excuse, uh, excuse me to all the teachers out there. They're stupid because you know, draw a picture of Jesus. You know, <laughs> tell, write a poem about coronavirus. Uh, what did you miss about your friends? I mean, these are not homework assignments, and that's what they're doing right now. I mean, the work, the work is terrible. I mean, you know, they can't go outside and play. I'm doing virtual play dates. It's crazy at this point. You know, I don't want to do a virtual play date with 27 year olds. It's, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hear them. You know, so, but it is what it is. I mean. So, 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 so here we go. The, the e-learning, for that to be successful, it all had to be on self-motivating of the individual to study mm-hmm. effectively. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's cute and all, but <laughs> self-motivating some of these students, it's, that's going to be like, like Novak said, that's going to be rough. That's going to be rough. I mean, because um, these are the same students that the teachers are trying to coax every day right mm-hmm. right right you know what i'm saying and then so so i guess my ticket is everybody have to have all these students have to have comp- computers laptops or tablets right mm-hmm. so if they don't have if you have people there's people out there that's that's living in, in poverty you know that don't have computers and laptops and stuff so they have to be uh uh given one and then right. if they don't have a, a Wi-Fi connection in, they have to get like a, a mobile, like a hotspot portable device or something. So they uh-huh. can get connection. Is that how that stuff works? That's how it works. Exactly how it works. Okay. And, and, and okay I, so, yeah. So that's where, you know, you need, you got to get, for, for this to work, you got to have all hands on deck. So you got to have the state and the city and stuff like that to get these uh, uh, devices and tools out here to these students that don't have them. And the schools have to get the uh, uh, the schools and the teachers and stuff have to get together, get the curriculum out there, mm-hmm. uh, a good curriculum where they studying and learning where they're supposed to be at so they could be advanced and go on to the next level. This uh, parents have to make sure that the student is de- sitting down in front of that computer, studying, reading, writing, learning, make sure they're doing their homework, their assignments. Not only that, make sure when they finish, they check the assignments and make sure it's correct so they can, you know, move on to the next uh, subject or topic or the next day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm so sorry, you, go ahead. Yeah, you brought up a, a point that I wanted to, to, to dive into just real quick. So you brought up about the students that don't have the, the equipment, right? So they don't have the internet access at home. They don't have the computer. Um, what, what are we doing instances like that? Like, because those are the students, if, if I'm being quite frank here, those are the students that are being left behind. They they say this whole no child right. left behind. Those kids are right. out That's in the parking the lot. Yeah. 
But it's priorities. It's priorities in this world. That's what I say about the you know the low income and people being left behind, no internet, no equipment and stuff. People spend their money on what they want to spend their money on. You know, like you know, I live you know I live on the west side of Chicago, and I know a lot of people that basically put their money in their cars, their clothing, their shoes. I see Balenciagas in the hood, but they don't have computers. I, you know, I'm seeing Gucci belts. I'm seeing stuff like that. I mean, it's a big disparity. I mean, a lot of it comes down to the fact that these people are never home in the first place. So you quarantine people that never address those home living conditions, you know what I mean? So you quarantine now in the house where there is no internet because, you know, they're sharing phones, you know, they're watching YouTube videos all day, and they never thought about getting a Comcast modem. They never thought about getting a laptop because most people don't have laptops anymore. They got tablets and phones. Right. So, so you know, you know, technology evolved to the point where they're not buying those things anymore. Walmart sells laptops at 400 bucks. They used to before the pandemic started, but nobody ever bought them. So now the problem is, you know, people got to change their priorities in these neighborhoods. People that go out and buy these things need to buy the stuff. People that need these things, we need to, you know, either come up with a way to recycle some of the hardware we have right now that's sitting in these offices. Mm-hmm. and give it to the kids mm-hmm. because we sit on a lot of laptops and desktops and offices in corporate America that we don't use. We can, we can literally populate the whole city with the crap that's sitting in the back of the, uh, the, back of the inventory rooms at this point. You know, I saw something that really, uh, really kind of pissed me off, honestly. Uh, I saw where CPS uh, put an order in for uh, 50,000 uh, devices for the students, uh, for mm-hmm. families that are in need during this pandemic. My question is, as I've done a lot of uh, speaking engagements for a lot of schools at CPS, where the damn devices uh, at these schools uh, during the school year? Because I go into those what they call computer labs, and there's two computers in the, in the damn computer lab, and the students are sharing it and taking turns using it. So if you could create these opportunities to order these devices now, why are we doing that beforehand? Because they're still in the money. You know, it's, it's a use or lose situation with these budgets. You know, for, you know, when you're talking state money, government money, and school money, a lot of these educators and people working these schools are taking the hardware, and all this hardware has been stolen and misappropriated. It's out there, and the bad, the, the good news about it is, from a law enforcement perspective, this stuff all has a trail. <laughs> there's serial numbers, there's Dell service tags out there. You can find the hardware. I mean, I think it's just, it's just that the grown-ups didn't do the right thing with the first amount of money that went to the schools. The schools got a lot of money. They almost went, they went to strike earlier this year over money and wages. So I don't, hear any, I don't hear anybody complaining about teaching kids or coming up with hardware. They got a healthy raises. There's a lot of money went into these schools and they'll probably have another strike again in two years to get more money. And but let me, you know let what? Me ask you. what? Yeah, let me go ahead, ask you. go ahead, Jules. Let me ask you, what, what schools are we talking about? And where at? In which communities? We talking West Side and South Side. Let me tell you about uh-huh. this. They, they, all, they and, all got and money. They and they, 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 they predominantly what? They predominantly black. They, they are predominantly so, black. Or, or or students of, of color. Or but students yeah. of color in that situation. But they're they're getting the money. Everybody getting the same amount of money in these situations. You know, I used to believe yeah, that they, they pocketed you like you said, right? they pocketed yeah. that money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. you, you ever seen the CPS parking lot? That's some nice cars, the CPS parking lot. You know what I'm thinking, like, man, maybe I missed my calling. But you know, if I was gonna be a teacher, nah, I'm gonna you, 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 you didn't miss your you didn't miss your calling, you don't want to do that. Do yeah, I know. <laughs> Cause you know, you're sitting up there, you sit up there, you get them all, uh, them, them cell towers on them uh, on these schools. They all they make money. money for them cell phone businesses. Yeah, you Where do it. Going? 
you get five to ten grand for a tower on top of a top of like a, a high school like on the, like the west side of Collins or Western House. They got towers, you know. Basically, AT and T rise and pay you for those re those repeaters. And those, so, you know, you know things. So things happen for a reason. One thing right. with this coronavirus is doing is exposing is exposing the mm -hmm. stingy and the, and the corrupt and the low life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we need to allocate that money, and, and, and these schools need to be up to date. There's no, there's no reason in 2020, the 21st century, in these schools is outdated, and the curriculum is behind and stuff like that. These kids are failing, and everybody worried about some damn money. Mm-hmm. Money, you know, about their summer vacation, about, fur, about getting furloughed. Right. You know, they're worried about the wrong things right now. And then I've seen some of the e-learning programs, you know, from the CPS side of the house. And I'm watching the videos. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you're right, Jules, in a situation. It takes effort to build a curriculum. Everything you named earlier when you were talking is what they're not doing. So you just laid out what they should be doing. That's why I started laughing over here. I'm like, he know, you you had the whole script down in terms of this is what they need to do, but that's not what they're doing. Yeah. And, and they're blaming the state right now, saying they don't, they don't have enough money, they ain't getting paid enough. I know that ain't true. Y'all just came back from strike. You know, strike right. and a corona year. These kids are suffering right now. And this, right. And, and, and my point is, how are these kids going to advance scholastically or academically when they've missed all this time in the first part of the year when the teachers are on strike and then now there's COVID? These kids have been in school for what, about two months all year? If that, yeah, two months. Well, yeah. that's a watch at this point. I mean, right now, this is a lost year academically. You know, they're just going to move these kids up to the next grade, not prepared. They're going to go to college and stuff. If they go to college, unprepared to perform in college, you know, because this COVID thing is going to set a lot of people back, you know, educationally, financially, and emotionally at this point. Now, here's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Now, you still have, the kids still have their books and, 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 and other stuff where if they won't, now, I know it's I know it's going I know it's rough. I know it's gonna be rough. But here's where more now than ever, the parents have to sit down with that student, have them crack open that book and do and do some work at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to, you know, because other than that, right, like you say, they're gonna be left behind. They're gonna be they're gonna be uh 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 behind. And you you know, you just passing these people to the next level, these students to the next level, and they're still behind. Then you have, you have to play catch up, and that's gonna be hard. So if you can, it, it don't have to be every day, but maybe three times out the week or something. Have them crack. You still get that. I think you still have these books. If not, I'm pretty sure you can pull stuff up on these computers or get some activities and stuff like that uh, where they can do some stuff to kind of keep their uh, uh, mind sharpened on the material they was, they was studying on before this epidemic happened, this pandemic happened. Right. But you also have some parents... You know, no, no disrespect, but I go here right now. You also have some parents that are bad parents to become good parents in the middle of the pandemic. You know, a lot of kids, <laughs> a, a lot of kids come home and raise themselves. You know, like the reason you can't close CPS down is because you got to you got to feed them. That's because, right. Because right. kids don't have anywhere to eat because the parents are making bad decisions. And that's sad. And, and that's that was the sad. that was the first thing that the mayor was worried about when they shut down the schools was to make sure that those kids were getting two meals a day. And that's sad. You know, you know what y'all just said? The man don't want to close down the schools because they want to make sure the kids are eating. Yep. Just mm -hmm. think about it for a second. People out there listening to this, pulling back the curtain podcast, you all think about it. It don't make no damn sense. No, man, it don't.
And if I and if I didn't love this this call, this this mug I have right now, I'll throw it across the room. No, it's it's messed up. I mean, you can't close schools down because you gotta feed them. And then the fact that the system is so flawed right now. I think what you gotta do with CPS, you know, most of the public schools throughout this country is you gotta redesign the curriculum. You gotta make this stuff more relevant to what's going on in yeah. the world. Yeah. The problem is what we've been what what we went through in high school and college is irrelevant at this point. When you leave the education world, you go into the corporate world, you go into like the job force, those skills don't translate anymore. You got to reinvent yourself once you leave the corp, once you leave education, once you leave the college curriculum, once you leave the high school curriculum, you got to reinvent yourself. These kids are pretty much running, you know, wolf tickets this point, you know, educationally at this point. You know, you got to reinvent it. You got to make it more, uh, you know, more feasible as where they're going to go academically in life and everything. And then you got to find a way to balance the order. I mean, right now, you know, it's failing at this point. I mean, it's a dead system with a lot of dead weight. You know, this guy get fixed. And even on even on top of that, education, especially in the city of Chicago, has become so elitist, right? So you have oh, people yeah. that, are, that are putting their kids in these lotteries three, four years out. You're paying thirty, forty thousand dollars a year for your kid to go to uh, kindergarten. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it it's crazy. Been- Oh, it's messed up because, you know, it's a damn shame when you don't feel comfortable putting your own kid, your kids in the CPS system unless you unless you win the lottery. And if you don't right. win the lottery, then you got to shell out, you know, 12, 13 grand up to about 40,000. Yep. There's people paying there's people paying college tuition right now for kindergarten. For kindergarten. And, and this is Chicago. This ain't New York. New York they do that. New York there's $60,000 schools in New York. There's $40,000 schools here. Right. And then, you know, and then a lot of these parents get pissed off. You say, oh, I'll put my kid in a private school. They look at you like you can get the same education in CPS. So I'm like, yeah, it depends. Where you at in CPS? Oh, I go to Disney or I go to this school or I go to this magnet school. Of course, you can say that because you go to a better CPS. But, you know, if you live in a certain neighborhood, I live on the west side. So the thing about it is it's really hard to find a good school unless you pay for it. You can put yep. them in the you can put them in the public school system, you know. But if you're not willing to put your own dog in the public school system around your house, why don't you put your kid in in that situation? Because it ain't up to par, you know. I you know if you want a future, you got to pay for a future at this point. I or mean, you got or you got to reform it. Well, and that's that's the thing because if you put your kid in CPS, I hate to say it, but you're just warehousing your child at this point. And it's a system, you know. They they take them in, they spit them out, you know. It's a damn shame you have a conversation with a 16 or 17 year old and you can't really have a real conversation with them because they basically are like, you know, not developed that socially and they don't have the vocabulary in order to have a communicate communicate effectively at this point. And that's a, that's the product of the school system. Or or they or they talk to you like they're they're sending you a text message, which we know how those text messages look. So it's like, right. yeah, like what are you mm-hmm. doing? Because I'm sitting they sitting up there talking, I'm saying, what what is that? Mm-hmm. I gotta go, I actually gotta look up. Urban Dictionary doesn't say, what does it, what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to call myself old, but man, these kids on another level with this language. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you ain't old, man. It's just that you guys, we were in high school, like, you know, some moons ago. You know, the thing is, we still can communicate with, we still can communicate with adults. You know, we can still have a full conversation. You know, you can right. talk to your mom, your right. dad, whoever. The difference now is they don't even talk. They send you emojis. They send you symbols. And you'd be looking like, how does this symbol mean you want my car keys? What the hell is this? You know, or your stomach hurt. Or 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 you send me a, you know, you send me a uh, 
an eggplant. And I'm like, I'm a man. Don't ever send me no eggplant. I don't understand what this is. You know? right. But that, but that's how they are, though. You know, they don't, you know, they don't speak normal. They don't speak rationally normal English the way we do. And then the fact that CPS basically, you know, I felt like it's felt in that regard. You know, not to, you know, I know there's some good teachers out there and everything like that, but there's some bad systems. You know, some bad oh, school yeah. systems out there. So I mean. Yeah. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything negative because I got friends in CPS. I know they do a good job what they do. I know they, you know, they get paid well for it. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. But well, I do think that some people out there need to be accountable. Well, the way the way I see it, I think it's just with anything, right? You got your good and you got your bad, right? And I think there's a lot of people in that system. Maybe they feel helpless, right? Maybe they feel the same way that we feel, and maybe they're just at the point where they're like, you know what? The administration doesn't care. All these problems go to the top, and so. You know, why am I going to kill myself and, you know, get killed because one of these students hauls off and does something crazy to them? Because, I mean, we know how this generation, you know, they don't have that. I'm going to sound old here. They don't respect authority. You know, they don't. There's a lot of things here that we can get into about just the way, you know, these students are nowadays. So these teachers, they they don't have an easy job. You know, I will say that much. Well, it's not an easy job, but also you got to think these kids emotionally ain't there sometimes, you know, you got to stand, these are the, you know, during our generation, we had crack. So think about it. These are the children and grandkids of crackheads in America, to be honest with you. So it's, they know, seriously, they're not all the way there. I mean, you know, if you, you know, if you basically were born in a world where, you know, your mom, your grandma and everybody has substance problems, you know, drug issues, and you're trying to become a well-balanced human being at this point, you're going to be missing some parts. I mean, because, you know, right. they're not able to rationalize. They're not able to say, oh, that's wrong. You know, you see, they see death and murder all the time. So they, they're, they're, they're desensitized to murder, death, and violence. They don't care. That's the way they saw a problem. They saw problems about, you know, either shooting, killing, or slapping. And, right. or, or, they, or they just don't say anything <laughs> on that situation. So, I mean, it's yeah, a tough road. Yes, it's, it's tough road. But see, you know what? I blame the I blame the official that you know the powers may be that be because uh you don't have any discipline. You don't have no order, you don't have no control in these schools. I go to these schools all the time. Students are fighting these teachers. Teachers they can't defend themselves or they get fired. Come on right. now. Come on now. Right. Listen, we gotta set we gotta set up precedence here. The teacher you teacher teach, student learn. A student shouldn't be have their phones in classes, shouldn't be talking. Shouldn't be moving around. Shouldn't be playing. You there? You there to learn? But the only way that can that can happen, their parents got to get involved with these students and how they how they acting in these schools. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You, 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 your child. There's a child having a problem with the teacher. The teacher call mom, and then the mom or dad come up there want to fight the teacher. Come on now. Then what, yep. what kind of message you saying to the student? So yep. the problem, the the people in charge of these these. The school systems have to give the powers back to the teachers and back to the principals saying, hey, here's our classroom rules and regulations. I remember I remember that when I was in grade school. No gum chewing or talking to this and that. I know times have changed since then, but it's the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's just modernized. That's all. You come, well, to, you come to school, you, uh, 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 you don't talk, you listen to the teacher, you do your work, and you go on to the next subject. It, it comes and if down you do to, something wrong, if you do something wrong, you go to the dean's office or you get disciplined. The mom come up there, or something, something happened. You do something wrong, there's there's some repercussions for it. I, I was just gonna say, it just comes down to respect. Bottom line, um, yeah. and I think that that's it starts at home, right? 
So if the parents are not instilling that type of uh, mindset into the child, then they're going to go to school and they're just, you know, they're going to wild out, you know, and that's pretty much what we're seeing. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I mean, I mean, it's unfortunate because the, 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 the student don't understand and realize right now they're not setting themselves up for the long haul. They going around goofing around in school and stuff, not learning nothing. Guess what? They're going to pass you. I remember when I when we was in school, you didn't pass and reach a certain uh a uh, uh, point level in school. You you got they hold you, they hold yep. you back. Yep. Now they just pass you, even though you you got F's and everything. So what that do to the student? Absolutely nothing. So you keep passing him. He's gonna be behind. So he's gonna be behind for the rest of your life. And then what happened when he get out of uh, grade school? He might not even go to high uh, high school, and he's gonna be he's gonna be a product of the uh of the judicial system. And yep. we see that how many times. He can't do something. He can't write. He can't, he can't do math. He can't read. So what's he going to do for the rest of his life? Crime. He going to go out there and be a gunner. He going to be robbed. He going to be shooting. He going to be raping. So we ain't doing nothing for just passing these students now. We got to go back to, we gotta go back to, the, to the old old school. We got to go back to the old days where you got to do your work. If you, don't, if you don't do it, if you don't pass, you don't, uh, you don't, pay, you don't go to the next grade. Well, I, I think I think these pandemic times are probably showing parents what the teachers are dealing with. I mean, uh, Novak mentioned that with his struggles over there on his end with, with the e-learning. And I'm sure, you know, other parents are probably feeling your pain as well. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, right? So we know, you know, with the, the schools being closed through the end of the year, do you think the graduation is going to happen this year? Are they going to be rescheduled? Do you think they're going to be canceled? How are how are these schools going to handle these the students that were seniors, this class of 2020? They'll cancel it, and they'll, cancel, they'll definitely cancel the graduation ceremonies and everything, you know, for high school, grammar school, and everything, and then college. And what they do, they have some type of, like, ceremony, like, to start the school year next year. That's what they're going to have to do. They have to honor those kids before the school year starts because – you know, you got to honor them because of the fact they did work hard to get to where they're at. I think it'd be disappointing to take that away from them. In terms of prom and stuff like that, you know, they're probably celebrating the summer. You know, kids will probably take day proms or something like that or go away on trips to Wisconsin, Dales, whatever in our area. But it's going to be a lot of kids celebrating once it opens up. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Novak, pretty much. Uh... Right now is a wash. I mean, we got this pandemic going on. You really can't do much. It's messed up because, man, if you if you're in eighth, if you're in uh, elementary school, you got the eighth grade uh, lunch in, the eighth grade class trips, and the graduation, which was fun. Uh, uh, I remember and stuff like that. You know, you're gonna miss that. And in high school, you got prom and 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 you do it. Maybe do a senior class trip and and graduation and stuff and. You know, it's just unfortunate that this thing came at a time where, you know, you can't, you, you got to stay at home and people can't be in large groups and gathers and stuff like that. You have to practice social distancing. So, but I agree with Novak and say once, once we get, uh, once this, uh, this thing is locked in, they should, you know, have something later on. So I was, uh, I was seeing something on, on, online where uh, students were petitioning for uh, Obama to uh, give a virtual address for all of 2020. Would you guys think that'd be cool to see for the students? Oh yeah, I think that'd be, I think, I think it'd be dope. Have Obama out there and uh, out there giving the uh, speech and stuff. I think it'd be smooth. I don't see nothing wrong with it. What'd you think, Novak? 
Oh, that'd be a good thing. I mean, that'd probably be the one person they want to hear from after this is over. So, I mean, <laughs> I can see, I can see Trump doing it. I mean, he would try to do something like that, but I think you know, nah. the youth would probably look at him and be like, "Whatever, where's my stimulus check?" You like, you don't work, yeah. so <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Oh man! So Novak, man, you want to take us into our final segment, the curtain call? All right, let's start off with talking a little bit about Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, as everybody knows, is a member of the Chicago Bears. Uh, he's done a lot of great things for the community. He just recently donated $350,000 to a better Chicago. He wanted to support, uh, you know, local people that were affected by the pandemic. Uh, you know, supporting the organization is definitely, you know, a great thing to do in the city of Chicago. Uh, we also remember that Khalil Mack also paid off a, a bunch of railways for residents in um, his hometown during the Christmas season. So Khalil's generosity uh, really speaks to the to the kind of person that he is, and you know, besides being more than just an athlete, you know, in this world, you know, really appreciative of what he's doing out there. And I think we need more people to step up like that. I mean, money is just a thing at this point. A lot of people, you know, <laughs> spend on the wrong things. I know people spend three fifty in a strip club during certain All Star games, but uh, <laughs> I think what he's doing is a great wow. thing, and I hope he keeps it up at this point. Yeah, good shout out, man, Khalil Mack, man, good dude, good dude. You know what, uh, guys? Maybe uh, people will leave him alone about uh, not passing out candy during Halloween, though. <laughs> I don't pass out candy. I mean, I think they're begging, man. I think they're begging. No, I don't pass out candy either at this point. You know, the kids, <laughs> you know. You know, I don't even get any. I don't even get any trick or treaters. I buy candy, but nobody come over. I get grown men ringing my doorbell. Grown men. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, dude, how old are you? I'm 14. Why are you six seven? You know, he look at me like you ain't getting no candy. <laughs> so, he's like, he like you you gonna eat that cornbread? <laughs> I think I think he voting. You need to get off my stairs right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, man, fellas, this was a this was a good episode, man. This this was good, man. We we hit all, all types of. Uh, Topics and man, we 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 sprayed the off fields, man. So this this was great, Jules. You got anything on the way out? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, you know, I I I know this is this has been a, a touchy uh, topic here because people are getting sick and people are losing their lives. You guys both lost loved ones for, for due to this, this 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 coronavirus, and I just want to say to you too that you know sadness and stuff come come at the night but joy and comfort will come in the morning and and I listened to a lot of motivational uh speakers and I came across that I came across one that is is relevant uh for this 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 day it, I'm gonna uh, recite it for you it's it's from cat named Richard Hendricks and it's called hold on to hope and it goes like this so we must pray and remember that yes, there is fear, but it does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but it does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is even panic buying, but it does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but it does not have to be a disease of your soul. There is even death, but it always can be a rebirth of love. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. And all over this world, people are waking up to a new reality 
to what really matters, and that's the love. And that's what we need out here. Man, Jules, that was that was good, man. And I and I appreciate the uh, the, the words, man. Yeah, you, you're definitely right, man. These are some yeah. tough times. Uh, Novak, you know, had a recent yeah. loss as well. So yeah, these these times are they've been tough for all of us. And you know, we have to you know make sure that we're all you know standing here together and being strong. But man, those words were they were very touching. I do appreciate that. Um, man, we're gonna put a pin in this episode. Uh, this is the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Spotify.